Honey, it's your turn. I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. Okay. I'll let you sleep. Why don't you let me sleep? Ow. You giving me dirty looks isn't gonna make the light turn sooner, buddy. Yes, I know. I only have 159 more copies to make, so of course I'd like to hear about your aunt's 12-hour abdominal surgery. Yes, ma'am. You're right. You're always right. I'll redo the entire presentation. People are crazy. Oh, sounds like it was a hard day. Maybe tomorrow will be better. Thanks, honey. Maybe tomorrow will be better. Have you ever said that? Or, or at least thought that better yet? Uh, hey, well, welcome again. Um, my name is Travis, once again, and we're really glad you're here. This morning, we are continuing our series and what we're deeming and what we're calling our sandpaper people. How do we handle people in our life who rub us the wrong way? And before we get started this morning, just got a couple quick things that I want to remind you of. Today, right after the service, probably around 1130, um, we are going to have a quick discussion about what groups are going to be like here at Idlewild. And so at our other campuses, we have Group Link, which I know many of you in this room are familiar about. Uh, we're doing just a tad different here at Idlewild just to kind of start off. But uh, particularly if you're interested in leading a group, we're going to meet uh, on, right on the other side of this wall here just for about 15, 20 minutes to cast a little vision about why we do groups, what they're going to look like like. But what I'm really also excited about in connection to this is that February 9th, okay, please remember this date. February 9th is we're calling the after party. This is a monthly rhythm that we want to get into where we're going to invite all of you to stick around after church and we're going to have a meal together. And this February's uh, meal is going to be chili and I'm really, really excited about it. It's one of my favorite meals. I'm from Texas, it's just in our blood, we just kind of how we work, okay? But if you're interested and you want to make some chili and bring it, please let Melissa and I know, we'd love to get you connect with that. But at that day, on Chili Day, after party, uh, we'll have our group leaders there, and if you're interested in joining a small group here at New City at the Ottawa campus, I will be introducing them, and you'll have the opportunity to go talk to them about their group and see if that would be a good fit for you in your family. So, anyway, looking forward to all that. But once again, we're, we're in the midst of this series called Sandpaper People. Um, how do we deal with people that rub us the wrong way? And kind of the two working things that we know is that we all have sandpaper people in our lives. Every one of us, even probably as of this morning, can point to someone that rubs you the wrong way. But the second part is, the humbling part is, we ourselves our sandpaper people to someone else. And so uh, last week we started the process of how do we deal with that? And last week was about accepting the person, that where we have to begin is accepting the person, seeing people as Jesus sees people, seeing them as image bearers of God, just as broken as we are. And it doesn't excuse the wrong, it doesn't give us a platform, but it, but it does give us the platform where we can begin the process of reconciliation and restoration. And so this morning, we're going to continue the discussion by, by moving into what I believe is the most difficult part of this entire series. Easily one of the most difficult things that we will ever face in life, and that is forgiving the hurt. 
With that being said, let's go to God for prayer this morning uh, that he would speak through his word to us. Will you join me? Father, we do ask for your spirit to teach us this morning as we open up your word and your scripture together. Um, may it renew us, may it give us um, wisdom to be able to draw closer to you as we, as we talk about this major topic of forgiveness, a theme that certainly resonates uh, with the entire, the whole story of the Bible and the character of who you are, God. May we just understand it well that we might know what it means to forgive some people. God, we lift that up to you. We trust you this morning for that. Amen. Well, it's sadly something that I know in this series that all of us can relate to. I know if, if you've been with us, if you've gone through this series with us, you realize that this is certainly one that we can all connect with because we, we all have same people, people in our lives. Uh, we have um, certain degrees of that. Maybe there's been issues in your past where um, some of the sandpaper is worse than the other. Maybe it looks differently now, but, but we all have this. Um, I've been reflecting back um, about a particular family years ago that I would definitely say was a major sandpaper person in my life. I was in Seattle. I was working as a youth pastor there. And to give you a little context, I had come into this program I was the new guy, the entire, pretty much the entire department was leaving, all right, so I was coming into this new place, I was, the, I was the new guy, there was a lot of pain and hurt from people leaving, and so naturally, as we all know, whenever you go through change, it's just hard, right? Well, about a year into it, um, there was a particular family, they had a lot of kids, and I say a lot, I mean like collectively they had about 12 kids in the youth group, and, um, and some of them were cousins and all this, but anyway... Um, they had a particular disliking of me, just to put it bluntly, okay? They just didn't like me. Um, and a huge reason for this is I know that they were very well connected with uh, the people before me, whom I deeply respected and I love and I still consider friends today. Uh, but they, they had particular issue with me. And one morning I got called into, I called it the principal's office, our executive pastor's office. And he says, hey, I want to sit down and talk to you um, this particular family came in, and they had written out all the entire family, so it was like 20 of them that came into this office, and they had written out 14 different charges against me. I'm not joking, okay? <laughs> all right? And he proceeded to list them all out, and I just sat there defeated. Now, most of them were, were a lot of preference-based things, and I get that. That's fine. You know, hey, I just wish it would be done this way. That's okay. I, I, I can understand that. I can get past that. But a couple of them were very character-driven. That's when it really starts to hurt, doesn't it? When, when people start going after character. And I'll never forget, one of the things was he is a very low spiritual standard and has no business being an example to others. Ugh. I was like, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? And I said, is it, did I do something? Did, like, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, oh my gosh, is that true? Like, what have I done? And I, and I said, did they give an example? No, they just said that you're, you're just a very low spiritual standard. You are not a reflector of Jesus at all. And I said, okay, but how? Like, can you give me something that I can work on? And I'll never forget that. That was, that was one of the hardest days of my life. Um, my relationship with that family just started to diminish, as you might imagine. Um, I can tell you now that 
that is still painful to talk about and reflect on. Now, God, over the next couple years, worked on my heart to move me to a place of forgiveness, and I can honestly tell you that I have. doesn't mean that the pain isn't still there, that I don't still think about it at times. But sometimes that stuff, if we think about sandpaper peel, it resonates with us. It really connects with us, and it's hard to move on. We all have these wounds. We have things that we'll never forget. But you know what I realized about that moment, what I've realized about every moment since then, is that, in fact, the greatest challenge of sandpaper people is not really the pain that they cause us. You know what the greatest challenge is? It's forgiving them. It's one thing to experience the pain of St. Peter. It's another to move into an attitude, a Christ-like attitude that seeks to forgive people. That is far harder. And that's why I recognize in this room that this is, this is a personal message. It's maybe hard to hear because nothing about forgiveness is necessarily easy. But if we are, in fact, trying to pursue Jesus and be more like him... We have to pursue this. Learning to forgive is one of the greatest ways that we can ever reflect Jesus. And so, as we'll see today, forgiveness really is an issue of the heart. It's a matter of us and what we are willing to do. Because forgiveness is, the bottom line, is about setting someone free and realizing that it's me. It begins with a changed heart. This is the ironic part about forgiveness. Forgiveness actually has less to do with the person who's offended you and dealing with your own personal heart. But that's not the world's view of forgiveness. Forgiveness is a two-way street according to the world, which is I will forgive if. If you will do this, if you will correct the wrong, then you and I can work on our relationship. As we're going to see today, Scripture says that's not at all the case. Scripture says it's an issue of your heart. Oh, hold on now. I'm the one that's been hurt here, God. Yes, but we're going to see something really, truly amazing. This, So we're going to be in the, in the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, if you want to go ahead and turn there. We also have that loaded on our New City app, if you have that downloaded or would like to. Um, the passage will be there. We're going to be uh, Matthew, chapter 18, verse 23. Okay? We, we need to look, if we're going to talk about how we forgive, we need to look at the best example of forgiveness, and that is Jesus. Because if this is truly a matter of the heart, only Jesus is the person that can change our hearts. So we're going to look to him for that. As we talk about forgiveness, okay, understand something. You cannot disconnect forgiveness and Jesus, okay? They're like mac and cheese. They're like peanut butter and jelly. They're like Mozart and a piano. They just work together. You can't ever bring them apart. And the reason is very simple because no one understands forgiveness more than Jesus. No one has ever shown more forgiveness than Jesus. No one has ever gone to greater lengths to show forgiveness than Jesus. And in this parable that we're going to read today, we're going to see a great example of how Jesus teaches us about the power of forgiveness, uh, and then even look at how, what, we, what that means for us personally. So uh, Matthew chapter 18, going to be starting in, in uh, verse 23 here. It says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle one One of them was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That's a lot, a lot of money, okay? That's the short answer for that, okay? And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. 
So the servant fell on his knees, imploring the king, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, a much smaller amount. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will repay you. But he refused and went out and put the man in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said, you wicked servant, I forgave you. I forgave you all the debt because you had pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in his anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is a very simple but very powerful parable that Jesus kind of leads us through here. Okay? But it's also important to know kind of the context. If you go back to the beginning of chapter 18, it begins with a question. A couple of the disciples, they come up to Jesus and they say, okay, Jesus, who, who in the kingdom of heaven, in other words, in the family of God, who's the greatest? Which should give you an indication of what they're concerned about, where their heart is. You can see their pride just already filling out. So God, who's the greatest? Is it, is it me? Is it this guy? It's probably me, Right? And Jesus, as he always does, unpacks this almost kind of a, a, an unusual answer, but he gives the he, he shows us these key aspects of what it means to be great. And one of the, the most important parts of someone who is great, Jesus says, is someone who learns to forgive. And he illustrates this through this parable. Jesus would be the king, the master in this parable. And he, and he looks and he knows, he looks at this servant. And, he, and the idea of 10,000 talents is simply the idea of it's a debt that is way too high to pay. Okay, 10,000 talents in this time, uh, you were beyond wealthy. Okay, that is billions and billions and billions of dollars in our time. Okay, it's way beyond that. So this master looks at this and he sees that there is a debt that is simply too high to pay. And this is where we need to pause. Because this is where we need to reflect on why this, make, why this connects to us today. We need a heart check here. If we are going to understand forgiveness, we have to remind ourselves of a very humbling reality. And that is this, that each of us in this room but beyond has a debt in our life that is far beyond what we are able to repay. And that is our own sin. Paul tells us in the book of Romans chapter 3 that all have fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And he goes on a few chapters later and he says, you know what the wages of that is? Death. That's why when we say that no one understands the idea of sandpaper people better than Jesus, it's because there's no greater transgression that has ever occurred between two people than our sin towards God. There is nothing greater, no, no amount of offense that anybody has ever done to you. The, the family that, that spoke out against me will never match up to the transgression that we have towards God. And yet, that's a terrible way to end, but it doesn't stop there. Because the parable goes on and he says that out of his mercy and out of his love, what, is the, what does the master do? 
he, he pleads with him. He says, please have patience with me. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him that debt. You see, this parable reminds us that despite the depth of our sin, the, 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 despite the great transgression that we do have towards God, we see the single most beautiful and amazing thing the world has ever seen, and that is complete forgiveness. Complete forgiveness through the saving work of Jesus by dying on a cross. Verse 25, right? He could not pay it. The, the king looks down and he knows that he can't pay it, but he says, I release you. I forgive you. I will pay it for you. That is, a, that is a great illustration of what the gospel is. The gospel says we have too great of sin and transgression towards God, but because of his great love and mercy towards us, he says, I will pay it for you. You will never be able to do it on your own. I will take it for you. That is the, one of the greatest illustrations of love that there is, that God would do that for us today. But the parable does not just focus on God's forgiveness. It goes on. It goes on to, to talk about how we are to forgive others because as we saw, this same man goes out and he, he finds a transgression of someone else towards him and he's unwilling to forgive him. And I think if we're honest, I think this is a sad reality for us at times, isn't it? that we often fail to forgive as Christ has forgiven us. But our big emphasis for today is this, that if we truly seek to forgive people, we must first recognize the, how much we have sinned against God and the length to which he has gone to forgive us. Forgiveness is not a two-way street. It's an attitude of our heart that seeks to be more like Jesus. And if we can just pause for even just a moment and consider the grace of God... I believe it gives us the opportunity to begin embracing and pursuing forgiveness in our lives. So today we're going to look at two aspects of this. What, is it, what do we mean by true forgiveness? And then how do we forgive? So let's start with this. What is true forgiveness? The best place to start with that. What, is, what forgiveness is not? All right. True forgiveness according to scripture. First one is this. is not justifying what the person did or why they did it. All right. Saying things like, well, now that I think about it, I understand that what they did. Or, you know what, I, I, maybe I had that coming. Maybe I deserve that. Listen, wrong is wrong. When something is wrong, it is wrong. There may be explanations as to why somebody did something, but something is still wrong. And if, if somebody has done something to you, justifying it is not the way we go about forgiving it. Forgiveness is not also forgetting about it. To me, I think this is, I suspect this is the most common. This is the most common way we go about, quote, forgiving. Because essentially what, what forgetting means is avoiding conflict. How many of you just love conflict in this room? Look around. There's just no hands up. Even, even if you are a more direct person, it's hard to say that you just love being in contention with one another. We don't. So oftentimes the attitude of forgiveness is, well, you know what, I'm just going to let bygones be bygones and move on. You know what the problem with forgetting it is, though? No one actually does it. How many times in your life and relationships have you been in an argument with somebody, particularly someone closer to you, and they bring up something from the past, and you thought that was done? No. Forgetting about it is not forgiveness. 
Forgiveness is also not asking God to do the forgiving for you. Let God handle his own issues. Let him help you deal with yours. Forgiveness is also not denying it. Much like forgetting, forgiveness, according to the Bible, is not about, well, just, well, forget about it, don't worry about it. It's, it never happened. It wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. No. All, all we're doing with denying is putting a Band-Aid on a deep wound that still causes you pain in the hopes that it will all just go away. True biblical forgiveness, it's not a passive approach that wants to be good at denial and live in pain. True forgiveness is something much richer and much deeper and much more freeing. What is biblical forgiveness? Biblical forgiveness is releasing someone from an obligation to you for for a wrong done. It is the cancellation of a debt, just like we see in this parable. But notice this, and Jesus ends this very well at the end of verse 20, uh, excuse me, at the end of verse 35, it says, if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Biblical forgiveness, releasing someone from an obligation to you from a wrong they have done. We do this from a changed heart. There's something much richer and deeper that happens when we, when we step into forgiveness. Um, you know, one of the interesting things about forgiveness is that oftentimes the, the sandpaper people in our life, they have no idea that they're sandpaper people in your life. We often sit in this reality where like, oh, I, I, they know what they did. They know, how, and sometimes that's true. But a lot of times in our lives, we, we live in pain that other people just simply are not aware of. And, and we'll talk later on that there's a difference between a, a person who is sandpaper in your life versus someone who's a wood chipper in your life. Wood chipper is an aggressive mean that you need to set boundaries with. That's a, that's a different discussion. That's not really what we're talking about today. But we are called to forgive sandpaper people. It's how we model Jesus. It's how we bring about reconciliation. And as we see here, when it begins with the heart, as as we enter into this Christ-like attitude, what forgiveness also does is it sets us free from all of the anger and the resentment and the pain. You see, when I I think back to that thing that happened to me with the family, I, I, I spent the next few months exactly in that and resentment, and pain, and frustration, and confusion, and all these things. And I knew that even if they were to come say sorry, it wouldn't matter. Because it was my heart that had to change, that had to say, even if they don't accept it, even if they disagree with it, I have to learn to forgive and move on for this. Um, Marion Williamson wrote this great quote. She said, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Forgiveness, according to Jesus, according to Scripture, sees a much bigger picture. It pushes aside pride, it pushes aside vindication, and it allows us to to pursue and seek out restoration and reconciliation, but there's nothing easy about it. The good news is we don't have to go about it on our own. God is able to work in our hearts and give us the guidance that we need. So, we talked about what is forgiveness. How do we do that? I'll give you just a few quick things here. First, probably the most powerful, always put God between you and your sandpaper person. 
it's interesting because oftentimes in life, when, when two people are in conflict, one of the worst things that you can do is get more people involved, right? Have you ever seen this happen where um, an issue that exists between two can all of a sudden become magnified and blown up when more people get brought in? Because oftentimes people, when they get brought in, they're not really seeking to help. They're just trying to pick sides. It's not the case with God. Put God into your conflict, in between your sandpaper person, um, and ask God, Jesus, we need you. I need your help. Tell him how you feel. Tell him exactly. He know, already knows what you're feeling anyway. You may as well just tell him. Ask him to give you the words and the attitude that you need and trust him that he will use this for his glory. We've talked about that oftentimes, in fact, I would say that every time that there are same people in our lives, that God is using those people to help you to help you and I, to smooth out some things in our lives. Second thing is this, make a choice to forgive. And I know that sounds almost trivial, but we don't have as much control in this life as we think we do. But one of the things that we can choose to do is forgive. And when we do that, what we're saying is that, God, I am releasing them. And I am trusting you to take over. I'm not going to be the final judge. I'm not the final jury of all this. I'm just simply choosing to release and to let go of that resentment and that anger. Martin Luther King said this. He said, I have decided to stick with love because hate is too great a burden to bear. Amen to that. Finally, trust in the Lord. I know we say this so much, but... Um, I often say that that phrase, trusting in God, is the single hardest thing we'll ever do in life. And though separate, faith and forgiveness are always connected. And we must remember every day uh, the, the choices that we have to forgive. Remember the gospel every day. Because as long as we are around people, we will be given the opportunity to forgive. If you want to experience Jesus, if you want to live like Jesus, pursue forgiveness. It's one of the greatest acts of faith that we can ever act upon. As we close today, uh, I want to challenge us all to consider the power of forgiveness and that how pursuing and keeping restoration, reconciliation above all, that, that that might be what we embrace and that today we could even begin in prayer. Um, so this morning I, I invite you to maybe there's someone in your life that you need to, that you just automatically are thinking of and may I invite you this morning, consider the gospel. Begin there. Consider the length to which God has gone for you. And as we pray this morning, I, if, if that is where you're at, that maybe this morning begins with a prayer of simply forgiving people. So um, with that being said, can I ask all of you to stand? And I'm going to go ahead and invite our band back up. And... Um, I'm going to pray. I've got just a couple quick announcements, and then we're going to close this morning. So let's, let's join in prayer this morning. Father God, we want to begin by thanking you that um, despite our great transgression against you, that God, you, you went to the greatest of all lengths to forgive us that you willingly chose, you, you looked at the cost of our sin, you knew we could never repay it, and God, not only did you forgive, but you, you went, you lived a perfect sinless life, you died on a cross, a gruesome death, and rose again. God, and you did that all 
because you love us, that you might set us free, that we might be able to enter in relationship with you. And God, I think of maybe there's people in this room that that's the first prayer they need, is to simply enter into relationship with you just by trusting in the work of your son Jesus and the cross. So God, for anybody in this room that's here, um, may you draw them close to you, uh, that they need to hear that message above all. And God, for the rest of us, as we think about um, the people in our lives, God, help us to pursue forgiveness. Help us to trust in you to give us the words, the attitude, the heart change that we need to do this well. God, we as, as light bearers, as images of you, we, we want to be um, those who, who pursue it. And, and we recognize it's not easy. It's often extremely difficult. But God, we know that you can give us the power and strength to do that. God, we're trusting in you today. Thank you for this group. Thank you for this time that we have had together to celebrate the good news of your son. We ask that you go before us this week. It's in your son's name. Amen. Hey.